0: All right. And this is a test to see if you could be a mother. <laughs> there are four parts to this test. The first part, you'll pass. You will not pass the other three. Now, they're going to be on the PowerPoint, so you can see. The first test is called the MESS test. How to know if you are qualified to be a mother. First is the MESS test. This is what you do for the MESS test. Smear peanut butter on the sofa and curtains. Place a fish stick behind the couch and leave it there all summer. Now, obviously, the men could pass this test because they could all be messy and it wouldn't bother them. But it does bother the ladies. The second test, though, is the toy test. Here's how you pass the toy test. Obtain a 55-gallon box of Legos. Or you may substitute roofing tax. Have a friend spread them all over the house. Put on a blindfold. Try to walk to the bathroom or kitchen. Do not scream because this would wake a child at night. Is this a good toy test, ladies, mothers? The next test is the grocery store test. Borrow one or two small animals. Goats are best. And take them with you as you shop. Always keep them in sight and pay for anything they eat or damage. That's the grocery store test. As you notice, men, you're failing this test. And the last test is the night test. This is if you can make it through the night. Prepare by obtaining a small cloth bag and fill it with 8 to 12 pounds of sand. Soak it thoroughly in water. At 3 p.m., begin to waltz and hum with the bag until 9 p.m. Lay down your bag and set your alarm for 10 p.m. Get up, pick up your bag, and sing every song you have ever heard. Make up about a dozen more and sing these also until 4 a.m. Set alarm for 5 a.m. Get up and make breakfast. Keep this up for five years. Look cheerful. How many of you men want to be mothers? None. That's what I thought. So we're going to honor the mothers tonight, but we're also going to honor the one who gave us mothers. And the title of the message tonight is Where Do Mothers Come From? Where Do Mothers Come From? And we're going to talk about that. Where do they come from? I know that we think we all know the answer, but I think it will help us in our understanding of God. So I'm telling you again, tonight I'm going to honor mothers, but I'm going to honor the one who thought mothers up, who invented them, who created them, and who gave them to us. And normally I give you time to turn to a passage. We're going to go through a lot of Scripture tonight. I do want you to bring your Bibles every service, but we're going to go through a lot of Scripture, so you may want to just follow along on the PowerPoint. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Genesis 1 says, Then God said... Let us, plural, make man. Now, let me tell you something about the word man before we go on. This is not the word for male. This is the word for mankind or human beings. Basically, God said, let us make mankind. Let us make humans. That includes women. This is not man as in male. Let us make mankind. Let us make humans humans. After our image and after our likeness. And let them, plural, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created mankind. God created humans in His own image. In the image of God, He created Him, male and female, He created them. God created men and women in His image. He created male and female in His image. God created females. God created mothers. Now, I'm going to make a statement, and I'm not trying to start a new doctrine And I'm not trying to get into theological debate, all right? So don't come up and argue with me after the service about this. I just want to make a statement, and then you'll understand why I'm making the statement. God is not male. Now, I'm not saying that He's not our Father and that the Bible doesn't refer to Him in the masculine gender. I'm not saying that. Uh, What I am saying is God is male and female, Otherwise, how could he create female? If God were male, he couldn't create female because it's an established scientific fact that males know nothing about females. <laughs> so I'm not trying to get in the doctrine. I'm not setting a doctrine. Obviously, God is masculine. I understand that. But he's male and female. God created mothers. Listen to me. Motherly traits are godly traits. God is not just a good father. He's a good mother also. And anything, we've heard this preach anything that you didn't get from your earthly father, you can get from your heavenly father. Well, I want to tell you something. Any mistake that your earthly mother made or anything you didn't get from your earthly mother, you can get from God. Because God created mothers in his image, and they got their traits from God. Now, what are some of the motherly qualities that mothers got from God? Number one, and if, you, if you're new here, we have sermon notes in the bulletin. I think it's good if you'll write down things. People tell me all the time, I listened to that tape, and I really enjoyed it. I listened to, one guy told me this morning, I listened to a, the tape you preached two weeks ago. I was out of town. I said, that's great. I said, now, was that the tape on what happened those three days? He said, I don't remember. I said, well, it must have changed your life then. It was it a great tape. But we all have that problem. So if we write, then we, the, we hear and we see and we write. So please take notes. That's what those are for. Number one, mothers are intuitive. This is something about mothers that they actually got from God. Have you ever heard of a woman's intuition? Well, let me tell you what's greater than a woman's intuition. A mother's intuition. Mothers always know what's going on. Mothers know all and see all. They have eyes in the back of their heads. I'm telling you, mother, you can't get away. Mothers are the closest thing to what we have on this earth, to omniscience, all-knowing. They know it all. They see it all. They know mothers can look at a child from across the room and know that that child is thinking about doing something wrong and shake her head. Don't you do that? And the child had not said a word. She just knows. My mother always knew where I was. Would you have that Nordstrom sack? I brought a little something. That it's not from Nordstroms, obviously. You'll see. But when I was young, and most of you know, I was rebellious. I didn't get saved till I was 19. My mother would find knives in my pants pocket and she would take these knives and she would collect them and uh, hide them from me. My mother confiscated these knives when I was a teenager. I just thought I was the world's worst at losing knives. And my mother just kept confiscating knives that she would find in my pocket, all sorts of knives, knives that teenagers should not have, and she would collect these, and then after I got saved, and she waited a few years to make sure that it took, (laughs) she gave me these knives. So I have this great knife collection. I mean, it's just awesome. All these knives that I have, that one still works. Isn't that amazing? All you got to do for this one is just uh, push that. Uh oh. That's how long it's been in storage. Ho oh, Push that little button there. And uh, that works. I can, I remember I would get in a fight, you know, and I'd say, you know, I'd be um, not sober, you know, and I'd say, I'm, I'm going to cut Well, I'll see it again. You know. <laughs> And all the time, it was my mother looking after me, if anybody wants to buy some knives there, because she knew that I was up to no good. And she would say, listen, she probably saved me so I could be preaching to you tonight. Because <laughs> if I'd ever found one, I might have been in trouble. Mothers have intuition. Well, where did they get that intuition? Intuition. Well, let me show you a few scriptures. We'll go through them quickly. Matthew 9, 4. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your heart? Matthew 12, 25. Jesus knew their thoughts. Luke 5, verse 22. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, He answered. Luke 6, verse 8. But He knew their thoughts and said to the man with withered hand. And Luke 11, verse 17. But He, knowing their thoughts, thoughts, said to them. Did Jesus know their thoughts? Obviously. He knew what they were thinking. Can I tell you something? Jesus had mother in him. Because he created mothers. That's where they got it from. Now you say, well, how does that encourage me that God knows my thoughts? let me tell you how it encourages you. God knows what you're going through right now. And he not only knows what you're going through, he knows the battle that you're having in your mind and your emotions. He knows, and he wants you to talk to him about it. He wants you to express it because he already knows what's going on in you. He already knows, just like a mother knows when you're hurting. My wife will come and tell me things that the kids tell her. She'll say, "Uh, so-and-so is going through this right here. I say, did he tell you that? Yes, he did. And and they, they tell her intimate details Because they have a closeness with their mother. They have a closeness with me, but, you know, we talk about the mavericks and things like that, you know. But they talk with mother about relational things many times. Listen to me. You can talk to God like you would talk to your mother, because He's the one that created mothers. Debbie told me one time, we were talking about being honest and open with God. I'm very honest and transparent with God. And she told me one time. We were talking. She said, "I'm I'm worried." I said, "What are you worried about?" She said, "I I just don't have a desire to read the Word right now." I said, "Well, Debbie, everybody goes through." I said, "What you need to do is tell God that." She said, "Oh, I don't want to tell Him." (laughs) I said, "He might know. (laughs) He probably overheard you telling me. (laughs) Now he knows." He already knows. Listen, you can talk to God about anything because He already knows. And He wants you to talk to Him. He wants you to come to Him. Here's the second thing about mothers. Mothers are compassionate. Where did they get their compassion? They are compassionate. Now, there's a story in the Bible that I really want us to read. I could have told you the story. But I, I can't tell it as well as this because when I went back and read it, I saw new things in it. Some of you are very familiar with this passage. Some of you may never have seen this passage. Let me read. Let's read this story. Look at first Kings chapter three, verse 16. It says now two women who were harlots came to the king. Now, these are the two women, by the way, that that had the one baby and each one claimed it was hers. All right. You remember that? But I never knew they were harlots. I never seen that before until I went back and read it in the scripture. The reason that I give you so many scriptures in the message is I'm hoping that during the week you'll go back and read your Bible. I'm hoping I stir up in you a hunger for the Word of God. And you can just take the message notes. If you say, I don't know where to read, just take the message notes and just read those scriptures and let God speak to you during the week. You know, someone said to me, I think it's great that you come up with so many scriptures to put in the messages. You know what I said? I said, that's not the hard part for me. The hard part is figuring out which ones to cut out. I mean, I had hundreds I could have put on compassion, you know. So I want you to go back and look at these. So these were harlots. Now, the reason I think that's important is, even though these women were involved in a very sinful lifestyle, when they became mothers, they inherited something from God that made them mothers. Now, there were these two harlots who came before the king. They stood before him, and one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house. And I gave birth while she was in the house, and then it happened the third day after I'd given birth that this woman also gave birth. And we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. I never knew that either, that that was the reason the child died. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I had examined him in the morning, indeed he was not my son whom I had borne. Then the other woman said, no, but the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son, the living one is my son. In other words, they had a big fight right there in front of the king. Thus they spoke before the king, and the king said, Well, the one says this is my son who lives, and your son's a dead one. The other says, No, but your son's a dead one, and my son is the living one. Then the king, Solomon, by the way, this who this king is, said, Bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. Now, can you imagine what they're thinking while they went to go get the sword? So they brought a king and the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king for she yearned with what? Compassion for her son. She said, oh no, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, let him be neither mine nor yours, just divide him. So the king answered and said, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She. She is His mother. It's pretty good wisdom, isn't it? Here was a woman who was involved in sin. She had a child. She immediately became a mother. And she wanted that child to live even if she couldn't raise Him because she had compassion. Where did she get that compassion? She got it from God. You know, in in, uh, the paper a while back, in San Antonio, Texas, a couple of summers ago, there's another story similar to this. In that an aunt locked a ten month old baby girl in a in a car. And they couldn't and they they turned the car off, they couldn't get the baby girl out. A neighbor was trying to use a coat hanger, you know. She's screaming, the girl, she's hot, it's ninety-nine degrees, they said in San Antonio. She's screaming, she's hot, now she's getting worked up the baby. They called someone to help a tow truck driver, Fred Ariola, drove up. He immediately took a hammer out smashed the back window, reached in, opened the front door. Everyone, everyone heralded him as a hero except one person, the aunt. It was her car. Fred said when they interviewed him, I thought it was an easy choice, a car window or a baby. The aunt was mad at him, but guess who wasn't mad at him? The mother. That's exactly right. See, you knew immediately who the mother was. She didn't care about the car window. The aunt. She, she didn't have the baby. She had the car. <laughs> so she was concerned about the car. Well, where do mothers get this from? They get it from God. You may think that your mother goes overboard or is too protective or was too protective when you were growing up. Can I tell you something? She had compassion for you. Do you know what that means? That means she was full of passion for you. Full of passion. She's just so passionate about you. She she wants to know where you are all the time. You know, our boys, they go to the late movies sometimes. We'll be going to bed. It'll be 11, 12 o'clock. It's a Friday night. They're at a a late show. They went out to eat. They didn't go to 7 o'clock. They'll go to 9 or 10 o'clock. We'll be going to sleep. My wife will say, call them on the car phone and see where they are and what time they'll be home. Now, I'm almost asleep. Why? Because I'm the father. They'll get home. They know the way. But she can't go to sleep. She'll wake up in the middle of the night you know, to go to the restroom or something and she'll go to see if their car is there. Make sure they got home safely. Why? She's the mother. Where'd she get that from? She got it from God. She got her compassion from God. Matthew 9, verse 36. But when He, Jesus, saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Could we say this? Like children without a mother. Like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 23:37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus said. The one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather you. Now, this is Jesus talking. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen, not a rooster, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. Who said this? Jesus said, I have motherly instincts for you. Do you all see that? See, I'm, I'm trying to tell you something tonight. I'm telling you, God loves you, and you can go to God just like you go to a mother. He wants to communicate with you the same way. Mothers are godly, and they got it from God. Luke 7, verse 12. Verse 14, do we we start at verse 12 on that one or verse 14? Verse 12 says that a son died, and he was the only son of a widow. And it says that Jesus, when he saw this, verse 13 says Jesus, when he saw it, had compassion on her. So he comes, verse 14, and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. My point in this was... Why did Jesus have compassion on this mother whose son had died? You know why? Because he invented mothers. Listen to me. In the same way that you break your mother's heart when something devastating happens to you, it breaks your mother's heart. Can I tell you something? It breaks his heart. I want to give you a truth. I want you to, I hope you hear these truths. God gives me these truths sometimes and it just blows me away. Listen to this. God weeps when you weep. God mourns when you mourn. How do I know that? Because God told us, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. God wouldn't tell us to do something that He's not willing to do Himself. God wouldn't tell us to do something that He doesn't do. Everything He tells us to do, He does. He tells us to walk in holiness, righteousness, He does it. He tells us to love and not without hypocrisy, He does it. God says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Listen to me. When you weep, God weeps. He knows what you're going through and He feels what you're going through. Don't let Satan ever tell you that God doesn't care. Now the first thing I wanted you to see was... Mothers are intuitive. In other words, where do they get their intuition from, their knowledge of what's going on in your life? They get it from God. The first thing I wanted you to catch from that first point was God knows. God knows what you're going through. This is a huge lie of the enemy. Does God even know what I'm going through? And the second thing I want you to understand is mothers have compassion. They get that compassion from God. God has compassion for you. second thing I want you to understand is He not only knows, He cares. See, this is the lie of Satan. Does God know what I'm going through? And does He even care? I want you to know. I want you to hear this more than anything. God knows. And He cares. Isaiah 66, verse 13. God said, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem, Do you see that? As one whom his mother comforts. So I have the same ability to comfort you as your mother does because I created mothers. That's what God is saying to you. I'm the one that thought up mothers. I'm the one that invented them. I'm the one that put all the parts in mothers to make them good mothers. So I've got those parts too. So if you need to be comforted, I can comfort you. That's what God is saying. God knows and God cares. Are you getting those two? You've got to get those two. God knows and God cares. And here's the third thing about mothers. Mothers are nurturing. Now it's amazing how you see this even in small girls. I told you how I prayed for a girl. The reason I prayed for a girl was because I had... Two boys. I wanted boys. If I'd had two girls for it first, I'd have prayed for a son. So I don't want you to think when I talk about my daughter, I don't love my sons. I love my sons. I love having sons. I love sons so much I got two of them. So God just blessed me double. But there's a difference between boys and girls. And I wanted a little girl because I had these little boys, and I wanted a little girl. If I'd had two little girls, I'd have wanted a boy. Same thing. But I wanted this little girl. This little girl was a mother from the time she was born. She'd line up her baby dolls when she was just a baby. She's a baby and she's already a mother. She'd line up these baby dolls. She'd put a piece of paper and a crayon in front of each of them. It's little baby dolls. And she'd have class and then she'd give them baths and she'd tuck them in bed. She'd pray with them and she'd kiss them at night. She's just two and three years old. My boys never prayed over their cars. Are their footballs or gave them baths. They, they have no nurturing bones in their body. They're boys. My little girl, she's 10. She's already wanting to babysit. I'm told in just a few years she'll be able to babysit. 12 and 13-year-old girls are mature enough to babysit. My boys couldn't babysit when they were 12, 13. Josh 19. He came babysitting out. He doesn't care about doing something like that. He's not a nurturer. She's a nurturer. When we have life group, she would our daughter, you know, would take the little children up to her room and she just attentive. She's there with them. She's playing with them the whole time. She never gets bored. She's taking care of these little kids. What do you think would happen if I sent one of these little kids up to my boys' room? You'd go up there in a little while, the Mavericks game would be on, the kids out the window on the roof. And you say, Where where where's little Johnny? Huh? Let me tell you the extent of babysitting vocabulary for boys. Huh? (laughs) Who? What? When? That's it, right there. That's their entire babysitting vocabulary. Huh? Where is the child you're watching? What? The child, the child. Who? You were supposed to watch the child. When? See, that just goes down that line. There was a child in this room. Huh? and you just start the whole process over again. <laughs> Girls are mothers from the time they're born. Where do they get it from? Where do mothers come from? God. 1 Thessalonians 2.7, Paul declares, but we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. Now you tell me how the Apostle Paul could say that. As a nursing mother. He never nursed anybody in his life. How could he say that except the Holy Spirit within him knows how to nurse and knows how to nurture children? And Paul makes that statement. Pastors are like this. We have to nurture people. Be gentle with them. Have compassion on them. Matthew 12, verse 20. A prophecy about Jesus. It says, a bruised reed he will not break. And a smoking flax he will not quench until he sends forth justice victory. That's a great verse. A bruised reed he will not break. Now I have a question for you. How do you not break a bruised reed? You have to nurture it. You've got a little plant and it's got a bruise on it and it could easily break. What do you have to do? You're going to have to nurture that thing day and night. Prop it up. Tie it up. Put a stick beside it to hold it up. Do everything you can to keep that thing and nurture it back to health. A bruised reed he will not break. This is talking about Jesus. Let me tell you something. If you've gone through a difficulty, Jesus will nurture you back to health. Jesus will take over and will nurture you and have tender, gentle care for you. This is God's heart. He wants to help you through difficult times. Now, the first one was mothers are intuitive. They know things. So what does that mean? God knows what we're going through. Second was mothers are compassionate. What does that mean? God cares. Third thing is mothers are nurturing. And you know what that means? God wants to help you through what you're going through. Now this is a great truth. Not only does He love you, not only does He know what you're going through, but He cares. But not only does He care, He wants to help. He wants to take you through it. And let me clarify something right here tonight. I hear people say, well, God wouldn't have taken me into this if he didn't have a purpose. Not everything that you get into did God take you into. God does not always take you into it, but he will always take you through it. I want you to hear that. God does not always take you into it, but he will always take you through it. And he does take you through it. So many times we think God did, does stuff to us to teach us stuff. We get a flat tire. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I know that you gave me this flat tire to teach me something. I don't know what it is right now, God, but uh, I know that you were revealed to me. I've had people tell me so many times, I know God's trying to teach me something. I just don't know what it is. Let me tell you something. If God's trying to teach you something, you'll know what it is. He, he is able to make it clear to you what it is. And I'm going to give you a great revelation about flat tires tonight. God doesn't give people flat tires. Satan doesn't give people flat tires. Nails give people flat tires. Listen, this is a deep theological truth. Tires are made of rubber. They have air in them. Nails are sharp. When they pierce the rubber, the air escapes. That's why you have flat tires. Alright? Now, can God teach you something through them? Absolutely. Could He if He wanted to give you a flat tire? He'd give you four if He wants to. Five, for that matter. If He wants to. But most of the time, life happens to us and we blame God. Don't blame god for life it's just life but here's the great thing god wants to take you through it whatever you're going to through god wants to take you through it a teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet she spent the whole day teaching them about the magnet how a magnet picks up things, and attracts objects. So the next day, she decided to give a test. She said, my full name has six letters. The first letter is M. I pick up things. What am I? When the test papers were turned in, the teacher was astonished to find that almost 50% of the students had answered the question with the word, mother. Now, it's not right that mothers are the only ones that pick up things, but can I tell you why they pick up things? Because they care. They care about the house. They care about you. They care about the things that God has given them to be stewards over. They care. They want to help. They want to take care of things. God knows. God cares, and God wants to help. Now, you say, okay, all right, I believe you. I believe you God knows what I'm going through. I believe you God cares. I believe you God wants to help. Now, what do I do? It's very simple. What did you do when you were a child and you fell down or you got hurt? What did you do? You ran to mom because mom would take care of you. And mom, here's another ability from God. She just had the ability to take care of everything. She had the ability to take care of hurts and put you back on the right track. Is that right? Where'd she get that ability? God. Guess what? I'm going to tell you something. If you're hurting, if you're going through a difficulty, what do you do? Run to the one who created mom's. That's it. No matter where you are tonight, what you're going through, if you're going through something, and I would guess most of us are, run to the one who created moms. Now, I have a burden tonight. I felt like as I was praying for this message. In a moment, we're going to honor the mothers here. But before we do, I want us to pray for a group of ladies tonight. And as Brady received some words of knowledge last week, I felt like the Lord spoke this to me very clearly during the, the, um, as I was praying for the message. If you're a woman and you desire to have a child, if you've never had a child, or if you desire you have but you desire to have another child, I really believe that God wants us to pray. If there's something wrong physically, if there's something wrong or nothing wrong, it's just a desire of your heart. If you're here and you're a woman, and you desire to have a child, and you say, well, I do, but maybe in a couple of years, that's fine. That's okay. But if that's a desire of your heart, I want you to stand up. And I I just want to pray for you. I don't mean to embarrass you, but please, just stand up. I see some men holding their wives down. That's okay. But if you're here and you're a woman and you desire to have a child, I want you to stand up. Anyone else? Okay, I want those of you who are around, especially the husbands, if husbands are not here, someone else, man, woman, you may have to move. I want everyone to, I want you to lay hands on these, all right? So just move to them and let's get some hands on these people. Don't be afraid to get up and move. You may not even know them. But I want you to go ahead and begin praying right now. Pray for health. Pray that the Holy Spirit will heal anything that needs to be healed. Pray for an open wound. Pray for conception. You go ahead and begin to pray right now. Just pray. Pray. Lift them up. You pray. Don't be embarrassed to pray. Pray out loud. Pray over them. You can pray. God will hear your prayers. Pray out loud. Pray what God puts in your heart over them. If you're seated in your seat, you might just stretch your hands toward these. And just say, Lord, I ask you to bless that woman right there. Bless her with children. Open her womb, God. Conceive. Let her conceive and bear children. That it would be a blessing. Now, I want to pray over them, and I want you to agree with me in prayer. I have faith in this area. As a matter of fact, I really believe God spoke to me when I was praying that there are going to be five women here tonight who will have children or be pregnant by next Mother's Day, who are desiring to be. And we're going to hear the testimonies of five of these ladies, at least five. Maybe God will do more, whatever He desires. And some may may be wanting to wait a little while that's fine God knows but I want you to agree with me father in Jesus name we lift up these women to you God we ask you to heal anything physically that needs to be healed right now in Jesus name Lord if you need to do a creative miracle I ask you to do a creative miracle right now in every womb that is represented here tonight as these ladies are standing and God we ask you to hear the cry of their hearts and, Lord, we trust you for the timing. Lord, for some of these, they want to have a child immediately. For some, they may want to wait a year or two or until that desire is burned stronger than them. That's fine. But, God, we ask you in Jesus' name to bless these ladies with conception. And, Lord, we speak in the supernatural. We speak conception in Jesus' name. We speak Conception in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for a healthy baby, a healthy pregnancy, a healthy mother, and a healthy delivery in Jesus' name. We bless them. Lord, you said what we speak on earth will be done in heaven. And because of your authority, we bless these ladies with children in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I didn't show you this last scripture. Donnie, can we just show that scripture in case ladies are standing? Psalm 113, verse 9 says, He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. So ladies, if you're praying and standing, there's a verse. It's in your bulletin. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Now, we would like to honor The mothers who are with us. And so if you're a mother, would you please stand up? All the mothers, would you stand? And we have some gifts that the children are actually going to come in and give you. Are they ready? Tell them to come on in. They're supposed to be out there and ready. Come on in right now. Well, as they're coming in, could those of us who are seated thank the mothers and thank the one who gave us mothers. Come on in, children, and just begin giving them to every woman who's standing up, and then go get more. Just give them to the first woman you come to, or you might want to come to your mother and give them one, I guess. But just give them out, and this is uh, just a gift for Mother's Day. And once you get your rose and your crystal vase, you can be seated. And we want to tell you, mothers, that we love you, and we appreciate you tremendously. <laughs>